0: Eine Frage. Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich. Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series
1: 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am
0: Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich.
2: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show, because, of course, it is Friday. It's just past seven o'clock. Anybody who had uh, 1903 in the uh, in the Mixler, when will these lazy bar stewards start the show sweepstake, then you won. So that's all I can say. There is no prize, just the honour of knowing that you were right. Uh, I think it
1: should always be 1905 because that's when the club was founded.
2: I, I, do you know what? I, that's not a bad idea. But it would, yeah. rend, it would render the sweepstake null and void, it wouldn't is. it? Yeah, you OK. Know? So there is always that. Uh, yeah, I am Stanford Chidge, obviously. Uh, and, of course, the, the person who chirped up there with the good but not very good idea was, of course, Jonathan cool. Kidd. Cruel. Very cruel. Well, true. Hello. True.
1: Love it to be on the show, as always.
2: Lovely to see you. Mate, I have to say, it, 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 this week has just been so mad. I, I, I feel like I saw you five minutes ago on Monday. Your little face staring at me down Zoom. It's just a little bizarre. face. Yeah. Little you had a good face.
1: week. Uh, interesting. Thank you very much, as mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. at the moment. Thank
2: you. Yeah, you enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, and of course, you were at the game on, uh, on Tuesday night and uh, you did another fan bite, and we will be talking about that very, very soon. But before we do that, um, of course, we've also got the lovely Dane with us. Evening, everyone.
3: Always an absolute treat to be on there mm. with you lot, even if it is a substitution for Dean Mears, you know. Yes,
2: you, yes you're Yes, you subbing for Dean, aren't you, tonight? Although there's a good reason for that, because uh, Dean has got uh, a second baby has arrived and he's got his hands rather full, I suspect.
3: Yeah, he has really, really full at the moment. Yeah, he's taking a break, taking a break from mm. Twitter and uh, concentrating on on new baby. And uh, yeah, I thought uh, someone else would take it up, but they never did. So yeah, you that- got me again. Well, I'm
2: I'm 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 absolutely delighted that we have Dane two weeks in a row. But I think it says a lot about everybody else. Not even a reply.
1: (laughs) I think we should just call you Super Sub, Dane. Just just accept it, you know. Flow.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. So there we go. So we've got Dane, me, J.K. and Dane as always, and of course, I I mean, actually, it feels like as always because I think pretty much for the entire season so far, we've been very lucky and privileged to have the lovely Adam Newson from Football.London with us on a Friday to give us the press angle. So, Adam, how lovely to see you yet again.
4: As always, guys, thank you very much for, mm. for letting me come back again and talking about everything that we love about Chelsea.
2: Excellent. Well, indeed it is. And I have to say, before we start uh, you know, talking about stuff that's happened this week, I have to congratulate you on a, a fantastic interview. Um, Seb Kniezel. you did an interview with him that was absolutely brilliant and I I loved reading it, but please tell us how you managed to get that together.
4: Um, To be honest, it wasn't hard. It was a simple case of messaging him on Instagram and asking him if he'd uh, wanted to talk. Um, Yeah, a player that I basically very much remembered from playing championship manager uh, in (laughs) in my sort of early teens. Um, And given the the influence Germany's had uh, on Chelsea in the last few months, I thought it'd be interesting to sort of delve back into Chelsea's first ever German player and hear his story. And, It was not really what I was expecting to hear, to be honest. Obviously, you know, had a little bit of research before and and found out it didn't really go out um, the way he planned, but his sort of path and and where he ended up and and what he's doing now... um, it was yeah it was really interesting and he was such a lovely bloke um honestly couldn't speak highly enough of him as a, as a person just really really nice so, um, mm-hmm. so yes no thank you for reading anyone else who's read it i very much appreciate that as well
2: well i mean you didn't really need me to but i gave it a massive retweet yesterday so i, I do hope a few people have read it it's, re- it's it's just a it's a really heartwarming story so i urge you to go and read it i mean i mean he he, he was a he's a bit of a blip on on the, health, on the on the history of chelsea in in some respects but it's it's well worth reading it um, anyway, we ought to really talk about uh, the game that happened this week. It's the first time we've had an opportunity to do a bit of a review in the preview, if you see what I mean. Um, and we uh, we had the Chelsea Zenit game, which of course I was unable to go to because I was still working at seven o'clock down in Winchester, which is not really uh, very conducive to going to Stamford Bridge in time for kickoff. Uh, but I'm I'm sure, I know all you three boys were there. I mean, my my view of it was it was just. Uh, very frustrating really um and Zenit did a very good job in parking the bus uh, and chelsea were though i think at the same time a bit off it i mean i have to say mount had a, a very rare poor game but our passing was all over the shop um but really um jk and you, you'll have to unmute yourself because i muted you when i heard all that racket so um yeah thank god for lukaku old bean Well, I think in any other incarnation
1: of the team over the last few years, uh, it would have been nil nil or even one nil to them um, without Lukaku, who uh, um, provides that moment of excellence that we've been missing. Um, And it was, uh, I was intrigued to see somebody on Twitter say, um, uh, um, Aspilaqueta with one of his great crosses his usual great crosses and i was thinking he must be remembering maratta when maratta headed them in because since then i don't think we've ever seen a great dave cross playing uh, when he plays wing back um that's been always been one of his one of his problems is his crossing has always been a bit iffy uh, this is why we were so keen on reese james but even reese james had a very poor game um but they all had very uh, about five of them had poor games um Kovacic was completely outstanding we're going to get onto that obviously um as was uh, as was um the defense but yeah I think I think thank uh, it's it my slight worry which uh, I think I've 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 um uh, uh voiced on Twitter a couple of times is that uh the team get fixated with trying to hit the ball up to to Lukaku and it then loses an element of that play that they've uh, they 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 dealt with last year creating chances because we're not creating as much chances as many chances i should say just because of this desire to try and get him involved because he is clearly an absolutely top top striker but but he won them the game so um let's look at the positives they were very very well organized um zenit except they did have this some um, uh, 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 this the, i was intrigued that they had a very large a large, how can I say it, they had a fat bloke playing centre forward in the, the first half, and then they brought on an even bigger bloke. I mean, quite an enormous kind of sort of, I don't know, a Yeti-like player <laughs> came on for the second half. And I was intrigued. I thought, is he bigger than Rüdiger? And he was, by about a, by about a foot, practically. So I thought, oh, it's purely a bloke who's going to put it about. And lo and behold, he, he missed a sitter, but then clattered into, into uh, poor who Mendy, who had a... Had a, a uh, we'd had nothing to do with him, in the whole of the game. So, uh, well, well, I suspect that Keppel will be playing at the weekend as a consequence. But yeah, it was it was one of those games where, and it was all explained beautifully by um, uh, Tuchel in the press conference. That he was happy with it. It's smoothing things out. It's people coming back. It's a bizarre preseason. It's people just not playing as well as they they have done. He didn't see a problem with it at all. He was very pleased. In front of a very well-organized team, other than their strange ability just to boot the ball out the pitch and run after it, Zenit, um, who were were fantastically organized, and the fact that we beat them is something I don't think we'd have done without Lukaku.
2: Yeah, so. I, I well, I I couldn't agree more with that. And I I mean, as Adam will know, I I've written a piece kind of looking back at the last week and 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 the fact that we've not been playing particularly well, but have still managed to get results. And of course, that's down to our defense, and of course, Lukaku, he is making the difference. Um one thing that i i I was interested by Dane was the fact that you know we did i mean it's a funny thing, isn't it parking the bus i emotionally I always feel very conflicted about parking the bus because I hate it when it happens to us, but of course we've been the beneficiaries of that on some rather important occasions, so I'm not going to criticise anybody for doing it, but I thought what was really clever about Zen it was the way that you know they just didn't they didn't just have ten men behind the ball. But they were really good at... Uh, basically, they had two or three men on Lukaku every avail- available... opportunity. Yeah, Absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah. They 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 were on him, but they also cut out the supply from the width, you know, from the wing-backs. They stood on them, which I thought was very smart. And, of course, it made Chelsea do what we, we've seen them do in the past, very ineffectually, which is to, like, do little five, ten-yard passes to each other in, in no-man's land, you know, kind of about 30 yards out, which is not going to cause anybody any trouble... And it was really annoying. But I, th- I thought Tuchel kind of dealt with it quite well. I was kind of hoping, actually, mate, that he might think about playing two up top. But he, he didn't. He resisted that until kind of late on and-, and basically just shouted at them to move the ball around quicker. And actually, I think that kind of worked in the second half.
3: Yeah, I was hoping uh, he would have changed it up a little bit. You know, it's not you don't go for the season with just the, you know, the first 11. You've got to keep players like Werner and Chilwell on board, you know, and I did say now a little WhatsApp group. I thought you would have started them both just to just to keep them keen, just to get that little bit between the teeth because they're not getting a look in at the moment. Rightly so, because Alonso's been brilliant, and and so he was, was poor. Alonso was
1: very poor. And that was so back, to, back to Alonso before, wasn't it, Dane? That of, yeah, it was back to. I just him.
3: think he looked tired. But even Lukaku, I thought he would have given Werner. You know, Werner a chance and maybe put Lukaku on the bench to keep them keen. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they've got a point to prove that they, they're, they're used to both playing and they haven't. Uh, Werner hasn't started this season, and Chilwell for all the reasons that Tuchel has explained has struggled personally. I think he would, he probably would have liked to give him uh, Chilwell longer, but you know, we, we did struggle with with Zenit. You know, they come with a game plan. They knew. I always thought if Chelsea scored, Zenit wouldn't change their game plan. You know, they know they're still in this group, uh, and. By coming to Chelsea and really setting up shop, you know, it could have been worse for them 3 4 0 no, if they would have gone for it, but that's a great result for them. And you're right, they really cut out the supply to Reese, who looked, you know, a little bit stuck for ideas. Uh, it went back to like sort of the Sari days where we were sort of doing that passing, like you said, around with not actually going anywhere. But when you actually look at the team, we've got Three attacking players in that team. Obviously, out of the ten, we don't include the goalie. And Mount is not an all-out attacker, so we've got two attackers, and that is uh and Lukaku. So you know, when if teams do a job on them, we are gonna. You can see why we struggle.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that. You know, when we we talk about the the Tottenham game, which means sadly, Adam won't be with us. Although he's always welcome to stay, he knows that, and uh, he'll tell me in a minute, no doubt. But. I think that's a really a really good point, and and actually it's a good segue too, Dane. Because I was going to ask Adam two things really. One, um, what 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 is it about Ziyech? I mean, it, you know, I had a bit of a go about him on Monday. I, I'm not con- I'm not convinced by him. I was surprised to see him start, not least because um, you know you've got Havertz, but also the Werner issue. So uh, and I, and he and I don't think he was very good again. Uh, to be honest. Um, So there's that. But the other thing is, of course, you know, the presser today with Tuchel. He was asked quite a lot about this and the idea of, of, you know, Chelsea playing badly. But, you know, his mitigations for that. So it'd be quite fun to hear what your thoughts are on Tuchel from today. But let's deal with Ziyech first.
4: Yeah, I was quite surprised he started, to be honest, given he didn't have a great game against Villa. Um, And I do think the fact that Mount had a, a rare off day kind of took a lot of... The heat off Ziyech, to be honest, because I do think there would have been a lot more of that um had Mason played well. I don't think this system necessarily gets the best out of Ziyech, um, but from his form in pre-season, I was really hopeful we were going to see uh, a sort of renewed vigour to his game, obviously scored in the Super Cup, then got injured and, and just hasn't been able to recapture that sort of pre-season form, sadly. And, yeah, it, it's, it's Tuchel seems to to still be trusting him um, more than he has Timo Werner, who obviously hasn't sort of started a game since Palace. Um, I really thought Timo would start one of the last two games just because he'd actually had a decent goal-scoring international break with Germany where he got three in a row. Um, and I thought that confidence might have just been important to roll up, try and keep it rolling. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. And I'd, I'd be surprised now if CS starts against Tottenham. Um, just to, to go back to the preview in terms of that, I imagine it will be Mason, Kai Havertz and and Lukaku for that, but uh, in terms of Chelsea not playing well, yeah, I did not think they were great against Villa, didn't think they were great against Zenit, as as JK said, Lukaku is the real difference he's dragged Chelsea through those two games and it's a bit strange because pre-international break I thought Chelsea were playing quite well, looked pretty well organised, structure was good had a good attacking threat and yeah, the international break seems to have knocked Chelsea off their game a little bit but when you've got Lukaku up front now, you can play sort of a five out of ten game um and either win 3-0 as they did against Villa, um, or you can overcome a pretty stubborn Zenit team. Um just on Zenit, I, I half jokingly, half hoping, uh, put out on Twitter at halftime that I thought Ruben might have actually had an impact in that game because of his ability to take the ball on his central areas and actually beat players um, but I think I knew the reality that that was very, very unlikely to happen, even if he did get about two minutes at the end.
2: Yeah, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? Bringing it's him on right. literally on the 90th minute. And I, I yeah. wonder, I, I wondered what that was all about. I mean, what do you think, Adam? I
4: think that was Tuchel knowing the game is won, knowing Rubens is around in the squad for the next two or three months and just giving a taste of match action to a player just to try and keep them feeling that they're involved and not just a complete spare part or a training mannequin. I think that's probably what that was but yeah. it was strange that Tuchel's been talking all season actually about um, only having three subs in the Premier League um, and he had five in the Champions League and he only used three anyway.
2: So. Well in, indeed that's a very good spot. I mean I thought I thought Tuchel made a very good point actually and you know I think you know we're not, we're not very good with reality checks as supporters are we to be honest but um, you know, I think it's clearly not clicked yet completely. You know, Lukaku's a new man. I mean, it's, he's doing brilliantly, even though they haven't really clicked. And there are moments in the game where you can see that, where they're they're not quite finding him. When 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 they're all on the same page, they will be. Um, and I, but I do think we've got a, a kind of a more structural issue with the formation and the personnel we've got. I think we've got some square pegs and round holes. And I've been whining on about this all season, saying we've got four or five. Wingers. He has. He has. A... I have because I'm, it's a. You know, I've got a cob on about it, mate. You know me. I'm like a dog with a bone. When I'm <laughs> but i
4: do. It when I... I do think you've a, a fair point, though, in terms of last season. Undertook or what made Chelsea very good or very effective, at least, was that front three was so mobile mm-hmm. and interchangeable that it yeah. made it difficult for defenses to pick up their men. Whereas with Romelu Lukaku, as good as he is, and the impact he's made has obviously been fantastic. Chelsea are a bit more structured in how they play with that, that attack because he will, sort of nine times out of ten, be the guy leading the attack through the middle. You won't have Havertz popping up there and Mason then popping up or, or Tio Werner. So I do agree that there is an element now to this where Chelsea are attacking in a bit more of a predictable way, perhaps. Um, and obviously it hasn't really hit Lukaku because he scored four goals, um, which is as many as Timo's got all year for Chelsea. Um, Can I just 20, say? In 2021, anyway.
1: It's 1967 all over again.
4: I wasn't born, so I, I, wasn't.
1: I know you weren't. <laughs> I, I'm just giving. I was, spires. I was. Yeah, but you were just. What were you?
2: I was probably talking more sense, actually, to be fair. What, the oh, well, no, the for me, or anybody, really. <laughs> <anybody. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I just wanted to throw that in, just to prove that you know that I, I, I'm, I'm very old. Why is it 67 um, again then? Well, because Doherty was playing a really interesting passing game. And they played Villa, and they beat Villa, I think it was 6-2, 6-3, up at Villa Park. The person who scored the goals was Tony Haightley. And for some godforsaken reason, he bought Tony Haightley. And it was soon revealed that Tony Haightley could only head the ball. And there wasn't much else going on, except he changed the way the team played. And they lumped the ball up the pitch to Haightley as much as they could. Whereas before, they'd had a very swift passing game with Tambling as as the focus. And uh, and it changed the way they played. And he sold him immediately the following year. Not that he would ever uh, we would sell the Kaku. He was a different player because he's much better on the floor than Haley was. But yet it's this aspect of making them more predictable. And I absolutely, f- I, I just feel that we we created so many more chances because you never knew who was there. Was it was a mobility to the side that we're losing at the moment. But he doesn't seem to be phased by it as as uh, uh, as the presser was revealing today. He just said it's. It's early days. We're working it out, and he's happy that they're winning. So you know, we we have faith well, in him.
2: You know what? Spot on, J.K. Because I mean, I know we like to have a grumble and a moan because we're all perfectionists, but that is the absolute reality. You know, the, the, you know, I'll take a win over over a performance any day of the week because ultimately for me, that's what football's about. If I if I wanted performance over results, I'd support Spurs or Arsenal. You know, it's about winning, and we are. And I think, I think you know, Tuchel's probably chuckling in to himself saying, yeah, you know, this ain't working properly yet, but it will. And we've got more work to do. And in the meantime, my boys, the defence is so, I mean, it's like a brick wall. I mean, i tell you what, I mean, talk about form and how it's gelling and working. The, uh, the defence have taken their last season's form straight into this season. It's been seamless and they are unbelievably good. So he knows we're not going to concede many. Um, and yet we're still winning. And the reason we're winning is we've co- we've spent 100 million quid on a striker who's doing exactly what we paid the money for. I mean, I'm happy bloody days. If I'm Tuchel, cool, I'm having a great big Bavarian beer and smoking a cigar at the moment, thinking, no worries. You know, I'm kind of with him. Um, clearly, he wasn't doing that in the presser, although uh, I would always recommend that anybody did. Um, but he had some other interesting things to say, didn't he? Because obviously Spurs were playing uh, in France last night in some Mickey Mouse tournament only for teams like Spurs. Um, and uh, but so they've we, we've had you know we've had two days more rest than than them which I I would always presume was an advantage but Tommy Tuchel uh, validated that and of course Cante's fit uh, but the question is will he play Adam do you think
4: I'm really not sure usually I'd say throw him straight in um, but Kovacic has been playing well Jorginho is is very important so I'm not as quick to, to throw Kante into the water as maybe I would have been previously but if he is in the side happy days I'm not going to complain about it at all um, yeah the, the the extra two days is, I think is actually really important as Tuchel said not not necessarily because of fitness I just think him having a couple of days to actually coach the players ahead of a game like this is going to be really important and, and it wouldn't be a surprise just going back to what we've been talking about if Chelsea do look a bit more fluid um, on Sunday against Tottenham than they have done um, because obviously players came back from international break, had one day, played against Villa. Then we had a couple of days, Zenit. So I do think Chelsea would probably be better for, for that. Um, but yes, Kante's back, Pulisic isn't.
2: You know, yeah, we kind of expected Pulisic to still still be out. They were, they were saying a couple of weeks at the time, weren't they? But um, it's a really interesting conundrum, Dane, isn't it? Because... You know, normally, under normal circumstances, we, we wouldn't we, we wouldn't think twice about putting Kante in for for either Jorginho or or uh, Kovacic. But Kovacic's form has been absolutely superb all season. I mean, particularly the last couple of games. But I mean, the Villa game, he was on fire. Um, and I think Jorginho has even managed to command a greater... Well, actually, some respect would probably be a better way of putting it, rather than a greater respect from even me. Because I think he's really, really, really improved recently, and I can I can see how fundamental he is to the way the team plays. But I can also see how Tuchel has actually mitigated his glaring, obvious weaknesses. So it's a hard call actually to break up that midfield on on Sunday because of that. I think, but uh, I can't I can't even believe I I'm saying that. But I think there might be some some sense to that.
3: Yeah, uh it's, it's Kovacic has been brilliant. He was head and shoulders above everyone the other night. Uh and has started the season really well. Jorginho is is as important to Tuchel as he was to Sarri, uh but obviously as you as you rightly said, Tuchel has sharpened his edges has made him into a better player, I believe, and we believe that's why we're, you know, we're not saying with gritted teeth that he's actually become one of our most important players. We're saying it out of merit because of how impressive he is. The Kante, that is an interesting one. Obviously, he doesn't have to play against Villa in midweek, but we've got Man City next Saturday. So you could see if Tuchel would give him an hour. Can you take a risk? We've, we've just given a, a player an hour away at Tottenham. Maybe he just keeps the, the, you know, the, the kettle boiling and, and plays Jorginho and Kovacic, and he's got that uh, security on the bench of Kante, who can come on and perform uh, at the higher standards. And he's got him... In his thoughts to start next next week against yeah. Man City.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting point. What will be, we'll, we'll be revealed on Sunday, Jonathan?
1: I just wanted to say that there was a time, wasn't there, when uh, um, Kovacic and Jorginho played together on the on the fan cast, where we'd go, "Oh no, please, can one of them not play? Please, can we just get rid of them? Please."
2: Well, and it's interesting yeah,
1: how they've evolved. Into this wonderful combination, but they've got better, to, to, yeah. But again, absolutely, due yeah. to the brilliance of the coach, yeah. without any shadow of a doubt. Absolutely, well, absolutely. I,
2: think, I think you I mean, I agree with you, it is to the credit of Tuchel because he's done it not just with those two, but a lot of the other Indeed. players in the squad. Indeed. But I think you also got a bit, of, got to give a bit of credit to the players too, because they're the ones on the pitch, they've they've you know made that substantive improvement. And I think if you look at if you look at Jorginho in particular. He's much more tenacious, you know. He's winning the ball a lot more. He's getting—he's more physical. He's not getting bullied off the ball in the in the way that he used to. You can't do anything about his pace other than cover it, and I think that's what Tuchel's done. But he's not getting pushed over a lot, and it used to really piss us off, didn't he? When no, he'd it, when he go down you like wonder, a plum fairy? Was that a
1: mental thing because he was getting so much abuse from the fans? Well, I, like, I don't know.
2: I, well, I—I I mean, do, do they really? Do that, does that really affect them? I mean, you know, to be really blunt and perhaps a bit harsh here if you're affected by that as a professional sportsman you really shouldn't be a professional sportsman you know if if I go to one of your gigs and heckle you are you going to be bothered and and, and mince off and not like it?
4: No, I'd
1: walk off the stage and, and, and get in your face, Chin.
2: Well, OK. that's You'd you take the Eric Cantona approach. I applaud that. <laughs> I wouldn't do
1: a double high kick because okay. I'd do myself a mischief. Oh, fair but enough. I
2: Listen, we, before we wrap up, we, I, I'm desperately wanting to ask uh, Adam and pick his brains about this particular subject, which is Antonio Rudiger, <laughs> who is being a bit, uh, shall we say, reluctant to sign his contract. What's going on, Adam? Is he going to leave?
4: Essentially. Mm. Um obviously, yeah, his contract expires at the end of this season. Chelsea are trying to renew him. Um, but talks haven't really progressed for a little while. The thing, and you know, I can see both sides of this entirely. Um Rudig has played out of his skin under Tuckle, has been absolutely phenomenal. I love that he is complete chaos on a football pitch a lot of the time and as we saw on Tuesday night with that run forward, is completely hilarious as well at the same time. Um, But he will be 29 at the end of this season. This will be his last big contract, and Chelsea don't tend to want players on big money into their 30s, beyond maybe 31, 32. Um, Rudiger would like, say, from what I've been told, maybe a four-year deal, which would make him 33, and I don't think Chelsea are that keen to give him that length, particularly on the money he would like. So yeah, Tuchel clearly wants him to stay from what, what he said today. Um, he made that pretty clear uh, with a caveat of saying, you know, it's not my decision, it's the club and and Tony Ruger's representatives to sort this out. So yeah, I don't really have a firm answer of what's going to happen on that. Um, we'll see come January because come January clubs abroad can, can discuss a pre-contract with him. And obviously as a free agent, he then bags pretty much what would be the transfer fee. So from him, his perspective, it could be quite lucrative just to hold out and see what happens.
2: Yeah, I've got to be honest, Adam. I, th- I think he'll go because I think the way that, you know, he wants more money. It's his last opportunity to get a big contract and a big payday. He's got no real allegiance to Chelsea. I mean, you know, whatever the players say you know he he he's you know played for a lot of clubs um and i i think he'll go and i i mean you know normally i w- i mean he's a great player and i think he's been fantastic for us but i mean you know one accepts it players come players go and and, and ostensibly i would have no problem um i would have less of a problem if i didn't i mean you know i think silver will go at the end of this season so we're going to lose two really good defenders and we've let some potentially very good ones go Tomori, Gay, to name but two—which um, means we're going to have to. I mean, the thing is, is that you know, okay, we can go and go and buy Quanday or whatever he's called, and who or el- whoever else, but they—they they still represent a risk because yeah. you, you don't know what you don't know what you're getting until you see it, you know. And they—they they could be brilliant, they could be an absolute flop, and I think. I think, you know, I remember reading an article you wrote about this ages ago. One of you boys, it might well have been you, saying there is a massive risk here. If we let some of these young kids go, that we could be really exposed in in this summer. Mm. And I think maybe that's where it's going to end up.
4: Yeah, I think that was my piece. Um, Obviously, we do have Levi Colwell, who is very highly rated by the club and has started very well at Huddersfield on loan. But he's only 18, so it might be a bit early for him to potentially jump into the first team squad next season. Um, and as you say, this is—I wrote a piece earlier this week about Rudiger, and I weighed it up, and I thought, you know what? If Chelsea can get him on maybe a three-year deal with the option of a, of a fourth, maybe that works for all parties, and it f- protects Chelsea because then they don't have to go out and spend 60 million on a defender who may not acclimatize uh, to the Premier League. Um, We know Rudiger has had his ups and downs, but on the left of this back three, and and I guess this is the problem with Chelsea, is you can't guarantee that Tuchel will be around for the next three years to continue this back three.
2: (laughs) Um,
4: (laughs) And then you go back to maybe a back four, where we know maybe Rudiger's not as effective in a back four, and and then it becomes very complicated. But I guess you have to try and work to what you are now. Um, And as things stand, I don't think Chelsea could probably sign a better defender than Antonio Rudiger. Uh, for the money it would probably cost to keep him. Mm,
2: interesting. Dane, you wanted to pop in?
3: Yeah, I wanted to ask Adam how highly rated the young Dutch player is. Xavier, uh, I don't want to butcher his name. I know he came with a big reputation and then had a horrible injury. But obviously you mentioned Levi, and I just wondered how highly rated he was as well, the young Dutch defender. Yeah, Umba Yamba. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's okay.
4: Yeah, no, he, he obviously had arrived with a big reputation. Um he came from Barcelona. Uh, he only spent a year there, though, um, and was very much labelled the next Virgil van Dijk because he's a centre-back and Dutch. Um, yeah, he did his knee, I think, in his second training session at Chelsea um, and then God. missed most of last season. Um, he's definitely got a potential. Um, I think from what I you know, can gather, he's going to do the first half of this season with the 23s and then see where things go in January in terms of maybe a loan move. But... Um, Left-footed centre-back could play on the left of, of the back three easily. Um, it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see next Wednesday against Villa if he's involved in the squad in some capacity. I think that might, might be quite telling if he is. Why has he been uh, playing
3: for the under-23s?
4: Yeah, he, he started a bit later pre-season, um, so he he's been eased in. Um, but he did train with the first-team squad during the international break. Um, so. Maybe he'll be involved in some capacity against Villa. Um, and and if he is, maybe we can lean a bit more as to where Tuchel maybe thinks he is, um, and if he if he plays, maybe sort of where he is at the moment in terms of his development. But um but one to keep an eye on. Uh but for me, I think Levi is ahead um at the moment. I think Levi can be absolutely brilliant if he is allowed to sort of develop in in sort of the same fashion he has done in the academy.
2: Mm. Well, all will be revealed, no doubt um, I think you it, it's a difficult one though it really really is, but there you go um Adam, as always uh delightful to see you i mean, you're welcome to stay, but I wouldn't make that presumption you you staying or going uh
4: I have got an evening with the wife, so yeah, as much as I would love to stick around and talk chelsea
2: well uh, i i never i never like you know want you to feel that you weren't welcome, so I'll always make no, the offer. I always but have...
4: Always appreciate that. Yeah, too. I
2: totally understand. So, uh, as always, brilliant, brilliant to see you. Um, okay, because you, you weren't you weren't at the press today, so there's there's no no sneaky little embargo that you can tease us with, is there?
4: Uh, I believe there's some interesting stuff on Havertz coming out okay. tonight. Okay. Um, oh no. Um, it's positive stuff. It's positive oh, stuff. good. I did that deliberately so you could say yeah. that. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah, lovely. Okay, well we'll look out for that, and I I, I, I bunged you my piece earlier on which actually picks up on the theme that we talked about earlier about, um, you know, well, it's, I'll, I'll tell you later because it probably fits much better with part three, but Adam knows what it is. There's no embargo on mine. I'm not important enough <laughs> to be embargoed. I mean, maybe I should personally be embargoed. I mean, many people might think that, but certainly my writing No, Gitch, no. Oh, there no. you go. See, it works. See, you know, there we go. Uh, Adam, as always, lovely to see you. And no doubt we will see you very, very soon. And I look forward to that.
4: Thanks, guys. Enjoy the weekend and uh, hopefully a win on Sunday.
2: Absolutely. It's a must win, as we will be talking about in a minute, because uh, we're going to do the opposition view next with a uh, an old friend of ours from the Love Sport days. The You know, we do have the occasional Spurs friend, he says, through gritted teeth. Uh, but uh, in a minute, we're going to be speaking to Ricky Sachs from Last Word on Spurs. We'll see you in a sec.
4: fans
1: real opinions
4: I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast total nutters and proper Chels Footballfancast.com.
2: Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. And uh, down there on my left-hand corner is the wonderful Mr Jonathan Kidd.
1: Lovely to be on the show, Chidge. Thank you for having
2: me. Always a pleasure, mate. And uh, we've got the lovely Dane Whittle again with us uh, this Friday. Hello, Dane. Evening. Uh, Now, I could be wrong, Dane, but I'm liking that shirt because I have a suspicion that that is the shirt that Chelsea was wearing when we went up to the lane and we won 4-1. Kerry scored a brilliant goal and there were, there were supposed to be yeah. no Chelsea fans We we, we
3: wasn't in there really, I
2: promise. Was, I know, because they were rebuilding bits of it. But uh, we'll talk we about... Weren't, we weren't there. I was there. We weren't there really, honestly. Really. Uh, I wasn't there really. Officer, officer. Knowing Dane, he's worn that shirt deliberately. But anyway, uh, there's a good reason we're talking about that because in a minute we'll be talking to a certain person after this. The Opposition View. That's right, we've got Opposition View, and this week it's our old chum from the good old Love Sport days, uh, Mr Ricky Sachs from Last Word on Spurs. How are you, mate?
0: Chidge, that was the good old days. Oh, those <laughs> were the good old days. I remember those days. Chavez football, rolling in on a Tuesday <laughs> and Wednesday. And, uh, don't ask me what I'm doing on a Thursday right now, because um, it's not as exciting as what you're doing, believe me or not. <laughs> well, I know. A lot A
2: lot of water has gone under the bridge since those days, although, of course, we saw you last season. As it's always lovely to get you on the show when we do an Opposition View. Um First question for you really is um you know you got you got rid of uh, of uh, the busted flush that is Jose Mourinho and then there was this massive saga really wasn't there all summer about who you were trying to get who was saying yes he was saying no and you've ended up with Nuno Espírito Santo who I'll be honest with you Ricky is a manager that I rate pretty highly actually I think he's a decent decent manager but how did you feel about the appointment and 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 more to the point actually mate to kind of get get two questions in one you know, what do you feel about him in terms of, is it the right, is he going to get you playing the right kind of, because I mean, I've got a lot of Spurs mates, and they, they're they all about, yeah. we got to play a certain way. Nuno's mm. a defensive manager, mate, so.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, just to kind of reflect on the 72-day saga for a manager, it was just uh, quite chaotic. At one point, she just thought, I might be getting the call, or you might be getting the call, yeah. or the boys in the studio might be getting the call. It was just uh, <laughs> such a bizarre set of circumstances, really. It was almost as if it was going to go to anyone. Uh, in the end, obviously, Nuno got the role. I don't think you can believe his luck, really. He's a guy that actually just left Wolves by mutual consent and got offered the job at Tottenham. And you know, Regardless of what obviously ever makes at Tottenham, the preconceptions, it's a club that's in London. They've got one of the best stadiums in the world, uh, one of the best training grounds in the world. Haven't got a too bad a squad, to be honest with you. Again, um, you can argue in terms of the squad, definitely an investment, of course, hence the, obviously the reason why Mourinho never quite worked out for him and Pochettino as well. But um, in terms of the appointment of Nuno, I think the problem is I got to that point where it was almost like, OK, I mean, I'll just accept anyone now because you just felt, where is this going? And I'll be honest with you, I'm the same as you. I was very, very impressed with Nuno during his first two seasons in the Premier League with Wolves. I think they had um, arguably the best defence outside of both Chelsea and I think Liverpool at the time. or well, it might have been City and Liverpool. And what impressed me was his organisation and structure of the team. Made some decent signs, as you saw, obviously massively helped by his agent, of course, Jordan Mendes, that obviously enabled him to get the likes of Ruben Neves through the door. Uh, Jimenez as well. Uh, of course, Moutinho, how Spurs, we wanted that player so badly. gone, I think in 2011 with ABB in charge, never quite worked out. So, I mean, looking at the reflection of it, I mean, I was quite, after what that happened in the summer, and after obviously the dismissal of Mourinho and having Ryan Mason in there, um, I liked Nuno you know, for the man he was, the approach of him and the honourable man that he is. Um At the start of the season, great great result against City where we had the Harry Kane saga, of course, that was rumbling on. Um, You know, a real smash-and-grab win at Wolves. We had a a hard-fought 1-0 win at home to to Watford. And then, obviously, just last week, we had quite a horrendous display against Crystal Palace. And I think the problem you have with that is that um, it was so utterly horrendous where we've been here so many times before when I look at previous managers under Pochettino, Mourinho, where you can see a game is getting away and you guys have been there before and you think, well, change it, do something to affect it. It's Crystal Palace. We're losing 1-0. Um, what can be worse than at least having a go and changing it? And he didn't change it. And he didn't even look to adjust the formation. And we end up losing that 3-0. And suddenly what looked like, a, looked like a really good start, where all these narrow wins were showing the team of that grit determination, you then start to go back and question, well, hold on, were we actually lucky? in those wins and now I'm at a situation where on the back of that performance on Thursday in Europa Conference League where I really, really, really want this to work with Nuno. I really want it to work with him. But I'm not quite sure if it will chich. And yeah, I mean it is very, very early days. I'm not sitting there being knee jerk and calling for his head already. Even though many Spurs fans are, but that's uh, <laughs> us our Spurs fans already. To well, be to be fair,
2: you. any fans, I think, really, Ricky, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: but I mean, like I say, we. Um, I think the problem, as you know, and you guys know as well, when you have Benitez in charge to some degree, is that um, when there's a negative brand of football and it's negative results, it is very hard to be patient. With Pochettino, because it was a positive, expansive brand of football, and sometimes you wasn't getting the results, but you could see what they were trying to do, you were willing to wait, you weren't willing to give it time. But I, what I fear for Nuno is on the back of Varinho's spell, where um, towards the end, it was very hard to watch. That he's coming off the back now of a manager where he's got to come in and he has got to be a bit more expansive and a bit more free-flowing to just get the fans to enjoy football again. So if we're not enjoying the football and we're not enjoying the results, then I do think he's going to be up against it very, very early. But having said that, we're playing against the Chelsea side that I know you were going to bring it on to this at the weekend that are, quite frankly, a different animal now with Lukaku up top. And, yeah, I know we're going to come on to I don't want to steal your your, your your headlines and what you're going to say. But, um, yeah, we're going to be in for a very, very tough game on Sunday. A very tough game, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ricky, wait, wait,
1: sorry, can I just say, Ricky, were, were they poor during the week uh, on Thursday? Were they, were they poor, did you think? Oh, I do you know I'm what, Jonathan? Yeah,
0: do you know what, John? It's, it's always very hard to say, are they very poor? I mean, they make seven or eight changes. So, you know, when you make that amount of changes, any team's going to lose its fluidity. Any team's going to lose its rhythm and balance. I mean, I just think, Having looked at it, not looked at the opposition we played. Stade René. I mean, to be fair, I'm laughing about it being Europa Conference League. It's actually um, about it's actually you know a Europa a Europa League group. I would say some pretty good teams in there. Stade René were playing Champions League football this know, time we, last we season. Played, we
2: played them last season, didn't we? Hmm. We only beat one. We nil, played them last there. season,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that... so. They're not a bad side. And to be fair, you probably argue that two-two um, at away from home at you know one of the teams that are arguably favoured to go quite far in the competition isn't a bad result. If I'm being honest with you, Jonathan, John, it is. I just think it's the decline of Tottenham where we were in a Champions League final, you know, not too long ago. I know it feels like a long time to fans, but it wasn't that long ago. And to decline from Champions League to Europa League to then Europa Conference League is very, very hard to take. And then you put all into it, obviously, you're losing Pochettino and yeah, just the style of football. It feels just like we've gone through a whirlwind over the last couple mm. of years. And we haven't quite come to
2: terms with it. To be honest. Yeah, it's uh well you know football's like that. It can be a real roller coaster. But yeah, I, I I get your point. And 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 thanks for being so honest about it as well, Ricky. I mean, there's the other thing that's kind of really tied in with all of this. I know you know you just mentioned Lukaku, but of course your talisman for for a long time now has been Harry Kane. And and it, you know there was a lot. I mean, you know that was the headline of the summer and the transfer window, Ooh. wasn't it? Was he going to go to City? Was he going to throw his toys out of the pram? I mean he stayed so I'm presuming you're really happy he stayed but are you are you happy with the disruption it's caused?
0: Do you, do you know what, it's funny Chiz? Am I happy he stayed? I mean I'm happy he's I'm happy he stayed if it's a committed Harry Kane. I'll, I'll be honest with you the, the performance I saw from Crystal Palace and I know it's only one performance and I'm saying 90 minutes and you mustn't you know go, go too into analytically l- looking at it but uh, there's just something that isn't the same at the moment. And whether that changes in time this season remains to be seen. I mean, let's be honest about it. The reason why Harry Kane didn't get the move is because City didn't pay the money. It wasn't because Harry Kane wanted to that Tottenham. Harry Kane would have gone if it was if it was the money. I think we have to keep remembering that as Spurs fans. Oh, we delighted he stayed. But we're only, you know, he's only staying at Tottenham because Daniel Levy didn't waver at 100 million or 115 million. So we've got to remember that. He wanted to go. He would still want to go. If the, if the window was open now, he'd still want to leave Tottenham. I think fans can't delude themselves with that. And... Yeah, Harry Kane, wonderful striker. I'm sure he'll get many goals for Tottenham this season. But, um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest about it. Harry Kane doesn't want really to be playing on Thursday night. same way as fans. We don't want really to be playing. Uh, you have a conference league football on Thursday night, So, it's a difficult situation. I, mean, I think with some fans, you know, they've reached a point where they understand he wants to go, but it's the way he handled it. it was was appalling, really, guys. So
2: has, it, has it soured the relationship between him and the fans, then, do you think?
0: Well, it's... Um, I'm only talking as a, as a Spurs fan that for me, I obviously see him in a bit of a different light and because you've no longer got that player there that actually wants to play for the football club and I don't mean it disrespectfully. I mean, Harry, of course, when he puts on the shirt, I'm sure he will give it his all to some degree, but um, he did want to leave and he does still want to leave. You know, he's only staying at Tottenham because he did not get the move because it wasn't financial reasons. That, that's the only reason why. So um, to say I'm delighted he's happy and he's staying, um, listen, as long as he wants to be here, then I'm happy for him to stay here. But, you know, on the evidence of what I've seen so far this season, you know, he hasn't scored yet in the Premier League. And I know he always has a quiet start to August in general. Mm. I think there's still a lot of making up to do with fans, to be honest with you. Um, I, For me personally, I know I can come on to it. I think Son's the bigger loss than Kane at the moment in terms of the Spurs team. I think Son's rise over the last 12 to 18 months has been massive for the football club. Absolutely massive. I
1: think Son is a wonderful player, Ricky. Mm. Absolutely. Mm.
0: I'm, a, I'm amazed, Jonathan. I, you know, I'm amazed that Son committed his future to Tottenham in the most balmy summer where we're looking for a manager and Son still feels Tottenham's right for him but as I've said before Spurs are an attractive proposition still because they are based in London they can still pay decent wages they have offered some form of European football but for me Son I, if I was Hummin Son and I come on your show being honest right guys yeah. if I'm Hummin Son I want to be playing at one of the clubs that can offer me Champions League football that I can win trophies and it's ironic that when Son signed that new contract all of his South Korean band that follow him around the world was so disappointing because there's almost an acceptance that he won't win trophies. Yeah,
2: I mean that's a really good point. And I was going to kind of ask you about what your expectations of the season are. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of am, but I mean, I, I think the Premier League's got a bit weird again, as it as it tends to do. And I think the top four is 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 looking like another close shop again, and we all know why. It's it's about resources and money. So there's us, Liverpool, United, and City. I would say would be most people's top four. But then I think the problem for Spur, I mean, I've got a really good Arsenal. In fact, she's she's my boss. And I was talking to her about Arsenal. We always talk about football, never what we're supposed to be talking about, bless her. Um, And obviously she's got a bit of an interest in the game on Sunday. But she's obviously absolutely spitting feathers at the moment because of how awful Arsenal are. But what she was saying was it's really kind of weird in the Premier League because you've got... You've now got teams like, like you know, um West Ham, for example, who've really, really yep. improved. Leicester have really, really improved. So it's 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 making it a lot more difficult. You've got that maybe four or five teams under the top four. And yep. so you, you could either finish fifth with and like go, cool, we were really close to getting fourth, or you could be eighth or ninth or tenth, you know. Yep. And yep. I, is that kind of where you, you, you I mean, are you worried about that? Is that where you think you are?
0: Well, I just look at Chelsea this season. And to be fair, I've, I've, been improved, I've been impressed with Tuchel since the minute he walked into the job. Mm-hmm. Won the Champions League, signed Lukaku. I think Chelsea at the moment are probably my favourites for the title. I, I just think, you know, him as a manager. Last season, I just saw some of the, the, the tactical masterclasses he'd done. I suppose the question is, can he do over the course of 38, like Klopp and Guardiola have done? That's maybe a question that remains to be seen. But I think he's good enough to do that. I think he's a, a very good manager. I think the players are buying into him. And, I, you know, it's funny, isn't it? You know, people at the time, again, it's sentimental fans thinking, oh, you know, was there a need to change Lampard? Where was it going? But to be fair, you know, he's walked through the door and he's done so well and really improved the players from a coaching aspect. I think they have got massive beliefs in what he's trying to do. They can see a vision. They can see a pathway, a plan, a philosophy. And, yeah, just on your just on your point with Tottenham, I just at the moment for me, I look at it and think, well, Chelsea are better than us. They're going to improve. Liverpool with Klopp there. I think it'd be very hard to see Liverpool not in the top four despite nearly a pig's ear they made of it last season. Um, City, well, City have got Guardiola, obviously they've got just obviously spent a huge amount of money in Grealish. I think even with City not getting Harry Kane, look at the amount of goals they've scored already without him. So it's not that like they're desperately missing him at the moment. And yeah, I mean, like I say, I think the, the, the United getting Ronaldo, for me personally, when you've got the likes of Fernandes there, and however technically inept Solskjaer is, I think they'll still get to top <laughs> four based on, the, based on the players, guys, if I'm being honest with you. So... Yeah. Once those once those four positions have been eat, have been eat, have been eaten up have been eaten up, um, I think you look at Tottenham now, and realistically, I mean fifth is probably fifth and sixth is probably where they're likely to finish. But like you said, you just said there, you know Leicester improving, West Ham are improving, Everton now with Benitez they're unbeaten at the moment, and again Nuno to be fair, Nuno's managed Wolves. It's a different kettle of fish managing Tottenham. You know, regardless of where Tottenham are as a club, um, I'd like to think even though we've had such a touch of decline. Spurs are a bit of a bigger club than Wolves. And my worry is, you know, is the job going to be too big for him? So I, I totally agree with you, Chich. Spurs could finish anywhere between fifth and ninth and nothing would really surprise me. And this season, again, nothing would surprise me if um, Spurs do make a change during the season, if it isn't working with Nuno, because he clearly wasn't Daniel Levy's first choice, although we saw the way Spurs flirted with Conte and whatever. And I just think um, with Daniel now and the way it's played out with the ball, and I suppose you had your also thoughts on how the ESL was approached in the summer. I think the stock of the current Tottenham board is at its lowest point it's ever been. And therefore, if there is a bad start with Nuno and we do not get the results over the course of the next six, seven weeks, nothing surprises me in football. We saw, you know, Ranieri get sacked on the back of winning a title with Leicester. You know, we've seen changes in the past where Chelsea managers have gone on one trophies. So in this game now, you are purely judged on results over the course of seven or eight weeks. If you don't get them, you're under pressure. So Nuno You know, like anything, it's Chelsea at home, although Spurs probably, between the the two sides, Spurs aren't expected to win. But we wouldn't expect the performance. I think that's key. I think we just want to see Spurs um, play on the front foot. I don't know why that's too much to ask. When you're at home, you've got nearly 60,000 fans in that stadium behind you. A Chelsea side that, of course, they're favourites for the title and, you know, they've got some wonderful players. But I just want to see Spurs, you know, go toe-to-toe with him and not sit back. I just don't think sitting back at Chelsea is going to do us any favours either, either, to be honest. Mm, the trouble is
1: he, but that that's his style, isn't it? That's been his style with Wolves, is sitting back. I mean, I'm just wondering, even if, even if you had some decent results or a few draws, if the fans were watching a very defensive manager indeed, would that be yep. go against your philosophy? And therefore you say, look, I don't care that he's doing OK. We need a manager who plays in the Spurs tradition... And, yeah. and, and wins that way because that is. You know that uh, that's ingrained in the club's philosophy for me that you are a, yeah. you are an entertaining side. You know, and you have been with yeah. Kane, and you have been under Pochettino. You were all right, you gave a few results away, but that yep. he seemed to be a, a better mix for me than either Mourinho or even even let's see that uh, um, uh, the current manager would be just because of his. You know, he came to Chelsea a few years ago and, um, uh, and and played exactly the way that Zenit played during the week, and they broke away and scored a goal, and that was just and he, because Wolves got given a lot of plaudits for that because there were wolves I really don't think you'll be happy seeing him park the bus well, and then they've just done score. it
2: before oh. JK that's where the expression came from in 2004
1: it's true it is that's true yeah that's true actually but that was yeah. that was 17 years ago though Chip let's
2: be uh, it let's feels be like yesterday it does it
1: does
0: <laughs> yes. uh, uh, you know, guys I mean just to pick up on that point there from Jonathan if I can for one second I think I think Jonathan you know there's, there's certain Spurs fans out there that would rather lose 5-4 and be entertained by the football then one um, win, one nil, and you know that's is <laughs> the thing with Tottenham. I know it sounds bizarre, Spurs supporting no. Tottenham. It's not. I mean, if if it was supporting if it was, if supporting Spurs was about the trophies, you wouldn't be a Tottenham fan because we don't get trophies. So um, the element of supporting Tottenham is about you know front foot football, buying into philosophy, buying into a vision where there is a vibrancy of attacking football. And you know we've gone through what 18 months of Mourinho, where let's be honest, you know you know if you don't get the trophies, then it is very hard to watch. And that's what we found as fans. And therefore now, I just think we want to get back to a point, guys, where we just want to enjoy the football. And I'm just not quite sure, although he made such a great start Nuno in terms of results, I'm not too sure over the course of this season whether Nuno is going to play that brand of football that is going to excite the fans. And what I will say again is I really like him. Honourable guy. Seems very, very nice. Uh, Very placid. Don't get much out of his press conferences. They are quite dull. But again, I think at the moment the jury is massively out, and it remains to be convinced. But you know, mm-hmm. if he gets a result of the weekend against Chelsea, suddenly it all changes again. Be, That's football. Yeah,
2: he'll be the messiah if you beat us on Sunday, mate. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you've already you've already acknowledged it's going to be a, a tough ask, given where where both clubs are at the moment. And of course, it's compounded for you because. I mean, you've got an incredible amount of injuries and all sorts of madness going on. I mean, it's yep. just a, I, mean, I, I tell you what, I mean, I, I could run through the entire list, but it would probably take me another half an hour, Ricky. But tell me <laughs> who you're more likely to be able to start. Because uh, you're probably more on top of who's actually now fit, well, and who might have been injured.
0: Yeah, uh, sure, it's, it, that's even really tough to answer to, Jim. I mean, Son, Bergwijn, Lucas, They're they're currently touch and go. Sanchez, Romero, Lo Celso, they come back a day before um, from Croatia, the game. And there's an argument at the moment that whether do you actually play, even though they've been training independently alone, do you play Sanchez and Romero on the basis that they would, would have worked together for a week as a duo, but then they wouldn't have had a week's training together with the team. It's just really ironic. So to be honest with you, out of the players I've told you, it's very hard to judge it. I mean, I would think if Son is anywhere near fit, Son has to play. As I said to you earlier, I mean... For me, Son is is, is 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 a now Son is a bigger loss to me than what Harry Kane is at the moment because I think Kane now relies on Son. That's how much you know this Tottenham team has changed. Son is actually so so important to this Tottenham team the way they tick and Son can produce a moment out of nothing and Son has shown himself to actually be the man to step up in these bigger games than Harry Kane. And I'm not just saying that to Harry because of what's happened in the summer, but there is that general feeling now that Son actually loves being the main man. So to answer your question, uh, probably Son. Bergvine, I would imagine, may pull through and may play. And Lucas Moura as well. I'm not too sure on the Argentinian lads, purely because they haven't really had a chance to work with the squad. And they've been out of the team pitching now for the last, what, 10, 12, 10, 12 days. Um, and Dombele for me, has to start. I think, obviously, he played on Thursday. Just for Spurs to have any kind of creativity, and Dombele has to play. I mean, if we're going to Chelsea at home with three defensive mids, then um, I'll be honest, guys, I, I feel fearful to turn the TV on. <laughs> Dane, you, you wanted to pop in?
3: Yeah, it's just something that, that Ricky mentioned a, a while back, although I'm really loving his, you know, his passion and the talk, you know, the good thing about like, about these opposition views, Chidge, is, you know, it, it's just different colours, but they're exactly the same of us, the ones I've experienced, and it's, it's so refreshing because Twitter makes uh, rival supporters such a bad name. So I love well, Ricky. I mean, you know, you could Ricky. say the
2: same about you know just 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 with us lot on Ch- Chelsea. You don't yeah. need opposition fans. There's enough opposition amongst Chelsea fans on Twitter, mate. Yeah, that's true. I, was, I was
3: I was just wondering if 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 Ricky, like most of us most of the time, is being a bit naive with with, with Nuno because Jonathan said, "Oh, we know he's stole," but do we? Uh, what was mm. he like at Porto? If you think the much travel travelled, yeah, but and Val- this... and Valencia
0: as well, Dane. I agree with you. And Valencia yeah. as well, he, he did. You're right. He did play. Um,
3: I don't know no, if he played attacking football. All I'm going on is what Tony Poulis said years ago. He said, do you think I'd play this style of football if I was manager of Arsenal? He said, I adapt Good to point. my my surroundings yeah. and the players I have. So, it's just wondering if Nuno has clearly got on what he, what he was like at Porto yeah. would have been interesting.
0: Yeah. It's a great point, point, Dane. All, all, all point. I would say on that is that, for me, with the, the calibre of players that he's got there that he's working with at the moment, you know, I think it would suit a more expansive brand of football um, based on the current players that he's got there, I think he would get more out of them by, you know, removing the shackles. And I think it's, uh, you're right. Maybe I'm, I'm being quite naive. Um, we've just come off the back of a of a really, really poor result of Crystal it's Palace. It's not a dig,
3: Ricky. You know, we've got no, two, no, no. We're being a little bit, you know, yeah. questioning his formation to to certain yes. extent because we're not attacking enough.
0: You know what? I'll be honest, dangerous. This is how thick of I am. Three games <laughs> in, I didn't, I didn't really see. But there's three games in, I didn't really see much, much of a problem. I've got friends calling me up saying to me, yeah, but hold on, Rick, you know, three games in, all right, great wins, but you know, what about the possession? What about the style? And I said, but don't worry about that, we're getting the points. But it is like anything. The minute you don't get the points and you start judging the football that's negative, it, it it can't help but eat away at you a little bit. So, like I said, I really, really want it to work. I you know, I trust you know when he says that for him, we haven't yet seen the finished article. And you're right, Dame, we're three or four games in. We have got to give it time. Um, as much as impatient as Spurs fans we are, I mean, listen, we have been very patient when you think about how long we've been waiting for a trophy. We can't wait any much more longer in terms of patience for that. So, um, like I say, we've got to give Nuno time. Of course, we want to see it work. He seems like a really nice guy. and Yeah, I mean, I know Mourinho says nice guys don't win. Well, I hope this one is a bit different. And we do, so we'll have to wait and see. You
2: will indeed. Um, now, how do you think it's going to uh, pan out on, on on Sunday? I mean, uh, you know, it's, it is going to be interesting because, uh, you know... You just come off the I mean, to be fair, Ricky, I mean I, I watched a lot of that match before before the Chelsea game last weekend. And I mean, you know, to be fair, I was watching with a different pair of glasses on the new, but I mean you did get a sending off. That didn't help. And yeah. uh I- yeah. You know, two good goals by that new, new bloke who's named no, Eduard something.
0: Eduard. Eduard, yep. Yeah, great yeah. So, player. you know,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like us. I mean, we beat Villa 3-0, but they were better than us on the day. So, you know, we can get these results. So it's going to be interesting to see whether whether Nuno goes into this match thinking, well, we just come off the back of a 3-0 against a team we really expected to beat. Now we've got the Champions yeah. of Europe turning up. What do I do? Do I just make sure we don't get whooped or do I do what Ricky is advising me to do and take it, you know, take it to us. And I think the other thing is, Ricky, t- I mean, Villa took it to us. And on another yeah. day, they'd have won that match.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, to answer your point there, I mean, I think it'd be suicidal to have to Chelsea with we all that attack. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be suggesting that's a Nuno. So, um, yeah, just just to kind of uh, put that point clear. I mean, I just, for me, I just think also it's trying to find that balance too. you know what it's like? I mean, again, if we play living men behind the ball, that's not going to work either. It is, a, you know, finding that balance. It is, you know, really relying on moments of brilliance. That, that's the way I think Tottenham winning this game. They're not going to win, I don't think, the individual battles because Chelsea overall are a better team. So what Spurs have to do, they have to take their moments. And, you know, regardless of a 90-minute match, you will always get moments. And it's about taking one of those moments. And it's about key players stepping up. Fingers crossed Sonny's fit. Humming Son, ali Steven Bergwijn Lucas Moura uh, Brian Hill if he plays or Tungy Dombalay is about one of those players stepping up and taking a moment but um, yeah I mean I'll be honest with you Chid, I'm not confident at all going into the game if you offer me 1-1 right now I would bite your arm off for it
2: <laughs> are you going to go with 1-1 for your prediction then?
0: Yeah, I, I as much as I love you, Chich, I can't come onto here and predict the Tottenham defeat. I mean, that's that would just be completely wrong of me to do so. Yeah, so, um, nor should you. I would never do that. We ne- we, we never.
2: I mean, Ricky, don't. it's so we bad. We never do ever. Yeah, we've got never. we've got a, a, a well. Apart from doing it on the show, we never predicted defeat. But we've mm. also now got this predictions league that we've joined, and no, cool, I mean, right. and it's so it's all Chelsea people who listen to the show. Right, and you get points if it's if you get it like dead, the result absolutely spot on. But none of us can predict Chelsea doing anything other than winning, so we all you know, we lose, we lose loads of points. So, I totally get where you're coming from. (laughs) So, what we're going to say, one one, are we? Is that what you're going to go with?
0: We're going to say one one, we're going to say that Lukaku is going to score first, and we're going to have it cancelled out by Hummin who grabs Spurs a great battling point against title chasing Chelsea there you go I've written the headline for you already guys well I'll tell Brilliant. you
2: what Ricky I was going to say earlier on um, I mean I, I, I'm old enough to remember when when our football was pretty turgid and we never won anything and um, we used to have an expression in those days and, and I don't know if this is unique to Chelsea but we used to say mm. football is a great day out ruined by the 90 minutes of football
0: Indeed. Well, I'm taking my old man with me at the weekend. So I've said to him, we're going to enjoy everything apart from the kickoff yeah. onwards. So he, <laughs> he's already
2: briefed. That's that's what the pubs are for, Ricky, in my experience. Really? Exactly. So there you go. Exactly. There, There and after. Indeed. Look, Ricky, lovely to see you. It'll be great to catch up with a pint see with guys. you sometime, not too distant, but uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy tomorrow at the wedding, obviously. Thanks for coming on. Thank you
0: so much. My really pleasure. appreciate no it. All.
2: Yeah, and uh, I can't wish you good luck for Sunday, but I, I just no, hope, no you, I hope you don't endure too much pain this season. How about that?
0: It's <laughs> about as good as I can gotcha. get. Coming, coming from you, I will take that. <laughs> Thank you so much, boys. Fair keep enough. well, keep safe. You too, mate. Lovely love to you. see you. Take care, mate. Take care, guys. You. Bye. Bye. You too. Take care
3: well done
2: brilliant there there's a the wonderful ricky sachs who uh, who uh, is the main man behind the last word on Spurs show which um you know wh- whoever you support what ricky 's done with that podcast is absolutely phenomenal in terms of its growth and the number of people who listen to it well, and he was that. he was great he was great on uh, he was great on uh, on love on on love sport as well and uh, we remember him fondly from that too so there we go so well done and uh, we'll be back in a minute after a very quick break. And uh, we'll be talking about our preview of the, uh, of the Spurs v Chelsea match. Real fans, real opinions.
4: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea.
2: FootballFancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show with me, Stamford Chidge, Sir Stamford of Chidge, and uh, down below, the Right Honourable Jonathan Kidd.
1: So you're Sir Stamford, are you? I am. I'm I'm just the Right Honourable. Yeah, because Stamford's
2: much more of a kind of, you know, heraldic name, really, isn't it?
1: Could I not be Sir Jonathan?
2: No, I've never heard of a Sir Jonathan at all, ever. Was there a a Jonathan at the Knights of the Round Table? No. No, exactly. Different. I rest my case. Uh, was there a situation? No. No, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's good to see you, mate. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to recover from uh, having Ricky on the show. He's always got bags of energy, that young man. But, uh, He's
1: great. Fantastic. He
2: was so honest about Spurs. He's yeah. great. Yeah. Not, no Not delusion like there at it all, would, mate.
1: It would be difficult to be, be otherwise, wouldn't it, really? I, I do
2: feel it. that it's quite interesting talking to Ricky. And, I mean, Dane, I know. And, by the way, we've got Dane Whittle on the show, too. Hello, Dane. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. We got embroiled in, in nattering. Oh, yeah.
3: Ricky was top draw. If he didn't have a podcast talking about Tottenham, I'd actually listen to it.
2: No. He's he's a smart yeah. bloke, actually. I used, to, I used to do a show with him, and he was always great fun to do that show with. But uh, I tell you what, boys, what was interesting is that when, when we're sitting here as champions of Europe... There, there, there's you can you can almost smell the intimidation that that gives out to opposition fans, particularly to rivals like Tottenham. They know they haven't got a leg to stand on with whatever they say. It's a beautiful place to sit, isn't it? Isn't it lovely?
1: They'll, they'll try and make out that we're the worst winners ever. That appears to be the character. Well, the oh, C- City horrible.
2: fans, City fans, oh, are doing they're that trying to start a yeah. rivalry, yeah. aren't they? But, that's but, so annoying. Yeah, but City fans are doing that until I saw it on Twitter, and one of the City fans said. You, you, do you, have you have you actually worked out what you're saying? If they're the worst winners of the Champions League of all of all time, what does that make us who lost to them in the Champions yeah. League final? In the final, absolutely. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, worst loser, rubbish. We're we're not talking oh, about rubbish. the Champions League right now. We are now talking about uh, Spurs versus Chelsea at uh, this this weekend. Which you know I don't need to tell anybody who listens to this show is uh you know there are we have bigger matches. I think there's no doubt of that. Against bigger teams with bigger glory at stake, but if you ask any Chelsea fan before the start of the season what's the two most important games to win all season, they'll tell you spurs away and spurs at home it just it's just like that well, I know i, I made, it, it really is you a lot of them will say that well not for me though a lot of them under the age of seventy five will say that oh sorry <laughs> sixty five well said no well said, <laughs> absolutely correct. Yes. 'Cause I know you still hate dirty leads, but um, I do. I I've, I think I've it's played I, cricket on Wednesday and I'm now older than seventy five. I, look, I, I do take your point. I mean I, I still think I'm right, but I, I do I do take your point. But I have to say, Jake, I, I wonder if um because in a in a way, um we have other rivalries that you could argue, you know, are, are, are really important. You could also argue, you know, Liverpool, United. You could even go into the continent now, and 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 the rival we have with Barcelona. And of course, you could also argue that one of the old reasons for for the antipathy towards Spurs, other than the 66-7 uh, uh, FA Cup, is is this idea when 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 fans were more local, you know, when Chelsea fans lived in the area, when Spurs fans lived in the area, or it was a London thing you ended up being at school with people who supported Spurs and Chelsea and it was just a nightmare if you lost to them. So, But I think that's gone as well because it's such a global game now and yet the rivalry persists and as as I said, you could go and ask 10 Chelsea fans, proper Chelsea fans tomorrow and, and nine of them will say we've got to beat Spurs. Um, and I wonder if that has something to do I mean, it's in a way it does for me actually but that amazing record we had against them when we just never ever lost was just like such a thing to, you know, whenever whenever you had a tough time as a supporter or, or we'd played a bit shit or we'd got beaten by somebody, we always had that. It was like, well, whatever happens, we'll beat Spurs. <laughs> you know, there's something wonderfully comforting about that. And and then, of course, it went, as all records do. So it, I don't know why. It's kind of made it important for me to always beat them again. I think part of the reason was they, they were worse
1: than us. On many of those occasions, oh, they not were all looked the time, down. Right?
2: Not all the time. No, right? some occasions
1: they weren't. No, 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 but we we always seem to. Uh, this is a London derby. I think even even Tuchel made reference to that today. He seems very very on the ball, Tuchel, about all the significance of these games. And he said, "It's a London derby. Who knows? We have to be at our at our best. Doesn't really matter what uh, how many injuries they've got or what their their recent results have been. Everybody raises their game, and there'll be 60... There'll be sixty thousand there, and he was absolutely right. So that there's that aspect to it. But yes, I, I'm um, I'm hoping I'm hoping that Alonso will score as well as he has frequently in the past against them. Um, He's scored some cracking goals against them, has Alonso.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, you know bring it on as far as I can say. Well, indeed. But I
2: mean, let, let, let's talking of Alonso, let's let's talk about the Lightly team. I've done my usual thing. I'm gonna it's gonna you know drive you up the wall this year because I found this bloody app, which means I can. Fanny about doing a a, a a selection, so this is what I have gone for, and you'll not be amazed, J.K., that it is remarkably similar to most teams. So therefore, I can guarantee you that it will be wrong. Uh, but we've got Mondi because I think Mondi will be fit to play. Uh, Rudiger, okay. Rudiger, Silver, Aspillaqueta. Although I think it could be Christensen or Silver. I'm not sure sure which. I've gone for Silver. Um, if there's any match you have to pick Alonso for, it is against Spurs. They hate him, and he always produces against them. So, I, I mean, even if he looked a bit tired and leggy uh, against Zenit, Tuchel's got to be cognizant of that fact, and he's got to pick Alonso in my book. Um, I've gone for Kante. <clears throat> I think, you know, big match, you've got to pick Kante. So I've gone Jorginho, Kante, and James on the, as a right wing back. And this is where it gets interesting up front, because um, obviously Lukaku starts, uh, Mount uh I, I think, of course, starts. And I, I've gone for habits. But I think, you know, I think the interest... Because we don't know how how Nuno is going to play this. You know, he... And I think, you know, and I'm going to get onto this in a minute. But, you know, I think what we found in the last two games is that there may be... There may be two ways that other teams can cause us a problem, right? Villa, I thought, tactically were brilliant because they... They were they they pre- they basically matched our very high and aggressive counter press and they had the energy and and the dynamism to do it. They had hang on they had three in midfield, so they outnumbered us in midfield. And you know of, of the three in midfield, they absolutely were right up the ass of Kovacic and of course Saul. Now okay, I know you can mitigate it by saying well Saul had an absolute mare, but I think tactically they had it spot on. Of course, the so and they had a go they created far more than we did. They had more chances if they'd have been able to finish and we hadn't defended so well, that could have been a very different game and Of course, we've seen the alternative to that with Zenit, where they basically part the bus, which we found very hard to break down as we invariably do, and of course, Nuno and Spurs could do either, and it could be a problem
1: um you have to remember though the villa game they they attacked uh m- most of their attacks were done at their left-hand side our right-hand side because doy was playing right wing back if you remember and Saul had a very bad game so um they, these were the two areas that let them through because uh, um Odoi hasn't doesn't convince as the right wing back so um i think there were uh extenuating circumstances for that actually i do i agree with I don't that yeah i don't think that was a, that because of the typical performance that allowed them in i think um but kovacic had a, a brilliant game as he did against zenit who's playing completely out of his skin um so i i think he'll um, for all Rhys James's failings during the week, as you said, I think he was he was he had no way to get through. He only provided one cross for Lukaku, where Lukaku was actually quite close. I'll be intrigued to see if he has any space at all. Rhys James, I think he put he'll put the ball on a sixpence for Lukaku, and I think Lukaku might score a couple as a consequence. Actually, unless they if if they have a way of dealing with him, it may be then that he does a kind of suffocating game. Um, uh, which he's capable of doing, uh, um, the, the manager, but uh, because of, he's done that at Wolves. But let's see. Now, I, I think um, it was it was revealing that when Zayek went off. I think one of the problems Ziyech has got is that he, he he's a winger, and he, he, he again with Lukaku, there isn't really a place for him to play. He seems to come inside all the time or hang around b- behind him, and he's not very good at that because he he's out and out winger who gets ball in from. For whips the beautiful ball in. It's almost Robin-like the way he wanders in from the left or the right and uses his foot to curl it. And he's not playing in that position. I think he's therefore suffering accordingly. And I think Havertz, when he came on against um, uh, um, against um, Zenit, was actually much better because he, he he's much more fluid. And I thought we improved generally in the second half because Havertz was there. Um, so um, I would agree with you. I think Havertz will start. I think he'll play Lukaku. He'll play Mount, who... Um, I mean, to my horror, Ron was there and I was sitting next to big Ron. And Ron said, uh, he said, of course, he said, um, he said, man, he's, uh, he's a championship player. You know, he's not really quite good enough for the uh, for for Chelsea or for he said, it's just a hype. The hype has got him where he is. Yeah, well, Ron, Remember, Ron is. Ron
2: is a fuckwit and you can tell him that from me.
1: Yeah, a- he, he, he's a Millwall fan. And he's a, he's yeah.
2: a Millwall fuckwit. I mean, you know, yeah, when, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but Ron isn't qualified to talk no, about Chelsea. No, I, he's well, never no, seen no, these no, he, heights.
1: No, no, no. no, no. Yes, I agree. I agree. But um, um, no, Ma- uh, Mason, you could see that at the moment, one of the things that isn't quite firing is this, this ability. They're playing really excellent football. I have to say the third goal, for example, that Lukaku's second goal against Villa was absolutely phenomenal. The number of passes that went just the first time passing. And you thought, yeah, this is absolutely slick Chelsea. And then uh, Dave got it and did the nutmeg and just put it to Lukaku. WAP, you're in. Now, if we can play like that in certain moves, Tottenham just will not survive against that kind of football. But you could see it was creaking a bit because Mason, uh, as in both games, um, Mason, Mason didn't play that one, but in this way, it, it, all the others as well, was the final pass, which is slightly off and was intercepted. That happened on several occasions. The dilemma you've got in the Premier League at the moment is, and not even the moment, always the Premier League, if the minute you give the ball away it, it's a move and it's up the other end. And luckily we've got Christensen playing out of his skin. Fantastic. Both games, both games. Rüdiger playing out of his skin. Um Silver came on in the villa game and was brilliant. So you've got all these backups. Um uh, and Dave comes on. And if you've played center half, you know actually that he's he's gonna put in a good shift. It's when Dave starts playing, um, playing the the right wing back wing wing back. It's not quite as good. And yet there he was providing a wonderful centre for Lukaku to score. So you know they've got all these strengths. I don't have a problem with them defensively. The team, I think the team's great. It's just it's midfield and the the attack at the moment. And I think um, uh, it'll come good. It really will, as he's, as he said today in the presser. Well, I... He's he's confident <laughs> that it will, and I'm confident it will as well. So and we're still winning despite it not coming good. Well, you know?
2: we we are, and that's the mark of champions. But it's also the mark of having an excellent defence, which means we don't concede even when we probably should, and a, and a world class striker who. Can take you know who only needs one chance to score. One chance. Um, absolutely. Dane, I had a I had a I had a chat with the the wonderful, beautiful man legend that is Kerry Dixon today because mm-hmm. he was he was filing in, phoning in his prem predictions. Uh, but not not in the way that one would commonly use that rather pejorative term he is so he is so competitive he is so he wants to win this, so do you know what he did before last week He's hes last Friday he said, oh you got you got no it was before the Zenit games he said you've got to like send me screenshots of the league tables because i 'm going to be seeing canners and the others tonight, and I want to rub it in nah. you know he's just absolutely brilliant so but i in amongst the the, the Prem predictions chat I had with him, we were talking about um you know what what's going on with Chelsea behind Lukaku, and uh, he, I think, like Adam was saying earlier on, was was saying it was very interesting last season. We had this fluidity. You know, the the three of them were were moving across, you know, and interchanging, and that was quite that was as Adam was saying was quite quite useful for us. But he, he really does rate Lukaku, and he's and Kerry being Kerry as a great number nine for Chelsea's basis to make sure you know get get the ball get the ball to Lukaku because you'll score you know but i think i think my point about the wingers uh and square pegs in in round holes is is also very true and i was wondering and i've wondered this in the article that i've i've sent to adam and football london today is that when you've got um uh you know a really well organized and it's very easy now i mean anybody as 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 managers have often said it's easy to coach people how to def- to be defensive it's harder to coach them how to be creative so Zenit did a great job and they were well coached and well organised in every aspect to, to, to try and stifle Chelsea. And I think the only choice you have in, though I mean, you know, bearing in mind that the, usually the first thing you say is, OK, go wide, go wide and get it into the box. So they stop that. So I think in, in, in situations like that, you, you need one of two things. You either need to put another striker on, go two up front which gives them far more to deal with, and if, if they're more worried about Lukaku, then the other striker's going to be in the position to take advantage of any space, whereas our two behind never seem to be in the right place to do that. Or you need uh, a real proper number 10, a creative playmaker, a, a player yeah. who has genius and flair, who can unlock the defence on their own, as in a Hazard or a Zola, players of that ilk.
1: Or a Modric, a Modric.
2: Well, I don't think, I think Modric, well, maybe when he was younger, because Modric plays yeah. a lot deeper now, but, you know, a proper creative number, you know, the classic number 10, who drifts in the hole, creates, can drift in and out of the game, but is a genius and, and has flair and just creates something out of nothing, because that's how you beat stubborn teams. And And we don't have, I don't think, in the entire side, a number 10, because Mount is a number eight in my book all day long. Havertz I'm not quite sure what he is but he is quite special I go, I'll give you that but I don't think he's a number 10 and Pulisic I don't think so he's a winger Ziyech is a winger Hudson-Odoi is a, w- a winger Werner is a winger so I think that's that's we have a we have a a, a gap there we have a you know a missing piece there I think I'm gonna ask Dane first because JK's kind of agreed what do you think Dane
3: Well, to an an element, what we're saying is, no matter how brilliant we are uh, organised structurally under Tuchel, we're saying there's a little element of square pegs and round holes to an extent. You know, I really like Havertz as a striker or a second striker. Uh, Ziek can play in a free or on the wing. I feel sorry for Ziek. He was definitely bought for a Frank style of play in Ajax. He had lots of pockets and spaces and fast players ahead of him. He hasn't got that at Chelsea. So, again, it's a bit of a square peg and a round hole. Like you said, Mount as well, a number eight. Can you push him back in the holding too?
2: Well, put him that into a, a three list. in midfield, Dane. That's what I would do. He would
3: have to change his his formation. I think he he's only done that once. As he was, he's played the four two three one two, call, and it was a little bit lopsided. Uh, yeah, uh, Hudson a doy winger, Pulisic winger. It is, it is. It is an element of square pegs and round holes, but we're getting away with it because we're so well-organised. Uh, we know we've talked about Lukaku. I think he's only had two real chances since he signed for Chelsea, and that was in the games against Arsenal. Last week at Villa, they was half chances at best. But like you both said, you spend £100 million for those players to score their half chances, and he's been absolutely amazing. Tomorrow, uh, sorry, on, on, on Sunday... I'd, li- I'd like Kante to be in there. I don't think he will. I agree with you. I think he'll play Havertz. He really likes Christensen. Does that mean that Reese James misses out and, and Dave goes to right wing back and Kristen comes in the right side with Silva? Uh again, I'd like I'd like you, Chich, I'd like to see Werner off of Lukaku, but then who sits behind him? We haven't got a number 10, like you said. And it'll either be Mount or Havertz. Uh I think you know again i don't want to get into a debate of of mount you know we we all, we've all got twitter we all view what people write but it's so easy to say he, he doesn't have a good game because he's in that uh, position to you know to attack to to try and and find chances for Lukaku to try and spread the ball, but he did very well defensively as well. He he he's so intelligent. He smarts. He blocks areas. He screens areas really well. So attacking wise, yeah, he didn't have a good game. He he gave the ball away a few times, and like J.K. put us in trouble. But when they had the ball, he was very good defensively. Uh, you always notice little things when you haven't had a drink at football. <laughs> so <laughs> no. I know. I, I, I Usually how that. shit it is in my case. But... <laughs> yeah. So I noticed that. So yeah, it is interesting. I'd love to see uh, Werner off Lukaku, but he's ne- he's going to play the two behind and it's probably going to be Mountain and Havertz. Mm,
2: I think you're right. And I mean, you know, just to have another go back at Ron, because even though I had a go at him, I still don't think it was enough. Um, <laughs> you know, there is not one former football player uh either chelsea or, or other team or football pundit that thinks that mount is shit they all think he is absolutely super i agree I agree. I agree so I agree. why does ron think he knows more than the entire footballing professional world he used to play with johnny Bumstead. what tiddlywinks because <laughs> <laughs> he might as fucking well have done
3: what's happened to ron's rumors
2: the rumour um, is he's an idiot
1: I think. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot well he hasn't been speaking to JT much that was the source of the rumors and yeah. uh, JT I don't think is uh, um is receiving that, that JT was getting the rumors via Frank the fact that Frank is no longer involved there is now the uh, the conduit has been um uh, cut off so I don't think we hear any more Ron's rumors we hear Ron's supposition he comes up with ideas, you know, of who he thinks are good players. Yeah. We get that. But that's not, oh, that's not really much interest. <laughs> I didn't actually say, I think Alonso will play. Um, and I think um, we'll probably probably be completely wrong. And it'll be Chilwell. And I think he'll play Christiansen. I don't think he'll play Dave. I think Dave will be on the subs bench. I think he'll Ooh. play Silver, Silver, Silver and Christensen and um, uh, and Rudiger.
2: Are you sure?
3: Yeah. Have you I been think so.
2: dra- drinking from the same uh, Kool Aid as Bloody Ron, mate?
3: That's one I have, yeah. Been, yeah been, I've That's a big picture, at Tottenham though, isn't it? I would like to see Reese up that right side. It is a yeah, very big pitch. That's why I'd like yeah. Werner I think well. I think
1: Reese will provide crosses for Lukaku in a way that didn't happen. That didn't happen, we didn't play in the Villa game, obviously because he was suspended. But didn't happen in the uh, Zenit game because they stifled him. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll have a great opportunity to do this. I really think he will. Cause, and and it, we'll see, he'll just feed off it. Because uh, in the past, we've, you know, not had it. have I mean, it, it, Tammy's doing quite well, isn't he? I was going to say Tammy didn't, it didn't seem to quite gel with him, but uh, Tammy's doing well
2: at Roma, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, very well, very well. He's Rome a good player, destroyed. mate. He's a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I never, ever doubted that. Um, all right, so um, this has been a very interesting chat, actually. I've really quite enjoyed this. We've kind of gone down some very interesting little rabbit holes here. But uh, um, how do you see it going, Dane? Well, I uh, I can only go on
3: my prediction. I can't change that. And in in our in our in our little predictions league, which are in, and I yes, went you, to can, New you Chelsea. can
1: you can you can use that. You've got it. But you now having chatted to us, particularly the fount of knowledge that is Jig. <laughs> and the fount of knowledge that <laughs> what are you
2: after? <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's what my dad used to say to me.
2: <laughs> oh, I don't like. That.
3: Oh. Um, I, I think I'm sticking to. I'm going. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to stick. I I fancied two nil. Uh, if we just use the space to our advantage as I said it's a big pitch and if we have Reese's plan and you know whether it be Alonzo or Chilwa it's probably Alonzo Chilwa has not played enough I'd love Kante to play as uh, as Chich said because on that big pitch he covers so much space but yeah if we take advantage I think we'll win 2-0 mm,
2: OK JK what? how do you think it's going to pan out? Well I
1: predicted 2-1 on my, my predictions oh, but shit, I Shit
2: so think, well, did I I'm in trouble
1: yeah, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> Huge trouble. I did quite. I did better last week. I got. I got seventy-two points last week. Because the week before, I got minus minus fourteen. So I, I am on the, the ascendancy. Um, I do not have
2: a leg to stand on. I am. I am. am I'm, I'm just absolutely beyond shit this season. But mind you, having said that, I worked it out last week. And I don't know if I shared my pain with you at any stage. But I had five games right where I was one goal out in each of those too, five games. And yeah. I, and I, you know, if, if one goal different and I'd have got 250 points mate. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm the same, absolutely the same.
2: But so we we're, I mean, we're only that that we're that close that far off from being geniuses.
3: Um, I I was doing it earlier because I've got quite a, a big I don't know it was, it's a game tonight. I was doing it earlier and I was I looked at our league and I was like where the I? didn't realise there was a second page. I I, go, I mean, Dave,
4: the—that's that,
2: that, the—that that's the, is the indignity and the humiliation of it. That my sole ambition at the moment this season is to get off page two onto page one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd no. like to get out of the the one thousand five hundreds because I'm down there at the moment. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just awful. Just, anyway, just go up slightly higher. JK,
2: yeah. so how do you think it's um, going
1: to go? I, I think I think we'll I think we'll score three. So whether they, I think they'll score one possibly, but even then I'm not convinced they'll do that. So I'll say three 0 actually.
2: Do you know what? I think I think it, it it's an incredibly. I mean, we all want us to smash them. Ooh, that go on. So
1: depend on whether Kepper plays. I think if Kepper plays, it'll be three one.
2: because you, you think Maundy might be unfit?
1: Yeah, I do.
2: Yeah, I really hope not for obvious reasons, but um, because he is just phenomenally good. He's played fifty matches for Chelsea and he's kept twenty nine clean sheets. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean I think we need to stop talking about Mondi in terms of oh well he was just kind of somebody we had to get in because Keppel was shit. I yeah, make, a make wait. Wait. never ever. This is you know, a wonderful By all George, accounts, George, we George, were George, in for George.
3: that Donorama. We yeah. was in. It was only uh, Mendy apparently surprised everyone. Well not Czech because Czech rated him quite highly and they 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 soon you know
2: stopped contacts with have done around. Oh, there you go. But I I actually think this this keeper is a genuinely world class keeper, mate. So I do. Yeah, I would be very worried really. if he is unfit. But hey, we we don't know that. But uh, J K. and and Dane, I I think that this is a really difficult game to call. Actually, I really do because we don't know what Nuno is going to do. And I and I and I think I mean because you know you can look at it on paper and you can say they've half their team missing or half half injured. You know, and on paper, as Ricky very honestly said, you look at the teams on paper. We are two, we're two goals better than them as a side, I think. But it's a derby. They don't score or concede many goals. We don't score or concede many goals. So, you know, your intelligence would say there's not going to be many goals in this, and in historically recently there haven't been either. But the thing that really queers the pitch, as it were, is that. We all know, having seen enough football, that derbies can be mental, and you can get these outlier results. You, you know, like six-one at the lane. You know, you can get them. You can get them, and it could easily happen. And the mad thing about it is, it can go each way. I mean, that's that's the frightening thought too. Um, so I think it's really, really hard to call it. However, that having been said, I just do think um, that we are we are so good defensively at the moment. I'm, I'm touching wood, but we are so good defensively at the moment. I think the key to that is Mondi starting, I have to be honest. But we're so good defensively and so well organised across the pitch that we are such a tough nut to score against and a tough nut to crack. So I don't con- see, see us losing because I just don't see us conceding many goals, if any. But I think the issue remains creatively and, and what we do up there. So I think a lot will depend on whether you know Nuno goes for it or Nuno parks the bus. But I think either way we've got enough to get past them and because we've got Lukaku basically. So um I, I, you know, I am I'm never predicting anything but a Chelsea win or, or not to not Chelsea not to lose. But I've i I've gone two one in Prem predictions and I'm sticking with that because I yeah, because I just think I think that, you know, in, you, you know, it just using your noodle it tells you it's gonna be cagey, it's gonna be tight, you know, there won't be many goals, but we are better than them, so we'll 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 edge it, I think. But you're right.
1: Know, I've just gone via this. Rhys James, if he's given any freedom at all, he's yeah. a pitch is very big, and he whips any of those crosses yeah. over. I reckon that Lukaku, if Lukaku doesn't get on the end of them, somebody else will because they'll be so worried about Lukaku getting on the end of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, of a, of a point of related interest, uh, by the way, I was listening to the the wonderful uh, Hawksby and Jacob show today, which I I really do like listening to in the afternoon when I'm not not talking to clients and things. And they do a predictions thing too, which made me chuckle because I was thinking, oh yeah we know we know the pain of that one um and they had sam sam matterface uh, on as their... they always get a commentator on it was matterface this week and of course matterface is a Chelsea fan I don't know if you knew that yeah yeah, yeah. he is He is, I, do you know what i i on went to Chelsea t v for a while as well he didn't was we? yeah he i did a podcast with him decades ago i mean well it wasn't decades ago but i mean it was it was after i started doing the Chelsea fan cast but i uh, went to some pub with a, a mate of mine who, funnily enough, is a Spurs fan, and and Sam was really just starting out then. I should get him on here. Get you know you owe me one. I went on your bloody podcast, mate. Anyway, he was. Do you know what he said for his prediction? He's he's gone four nil. You know, and they all they all looked at him like he was start raving mad, and he said, "Yeah, but you know Chelsea are are that good, and they are going to click sometime soon, and mm. when they click, they are going to give somebody a hammering." Which I think is really picking up on what you're saying, J.K., that it could go that way, you know, if it clicks. If Mount, you know, finds his passing feet and his shooting feet. If Havertz, you know, gets his head out of his arse and starts playing (laughs) like the silky player we know he is. If Reese is putting those balls in for, you know, Lukaku. Because the reality about football is it's a game of margins. And at the moment, we're on the wrong side of those margins, I think. But it's going to click sometime.
1: We're on the wrong side of those margins and still winning.
2: yeah. Yeah, that's right. But I think when we get them right, we are going to dish out a few hammerings. Let's hope it's on Sunday, eh?
1: Oh, please.
2: I I don't care how many points I lose in the Prem Predictions League if Chelsea issue a due thrashing to Tottenham Hotspurs on Sunday. I would be very happy. There we go. Now, um, I realise in all of our excitement about talking about the football, which is exactly how it should be, I've completely forgotten to give a veritable plug for the uh football prizes competition this week. Of course we had the uh we had the Didier Drogba shirt last week uh which I don't know who won, but that finished on Wednesday night. But this week uh they you can win a signed and framed Callum Hudson-Odoi shirt. And it's the last season's away shirt, so the the Palace shirt he says uh lily like. Um so there we go. So it's a Callum Callum hudson Adoy signed and framed shirt. Tickets are £4.95 each. The draw ends next Wednesday, on the 22nd of September. There are 99 tickets on sale, so you need to get in there before it sells out. So I shall remind you again on Monday's show. But the uh, the uh, the place to go to is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Hudson hyphen adoy. So get on it quick, peeps, and uh, I'll put a tweet out with all the info sometime over the weekend, no doubt. So there you go. Um, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for. JK and I will be back on Monday uh, with uh, an unknown guest, because, of course, Idiot Features here forgot to do the schedule this week. You noticed on my WhatsApp group, and I, I, I very contritely mentioned to you all earlier. Can Dane do it? I don't know. We are, we're always, ha- always happy to have Dane back. Always I
3: I, the worry is I'm at a wedding on Sunday, so I'm not watching ah, the game. Oh. And uh, you're not not, not, so...
2: not the same wedding as Ricky, are you, mate?
3: Oh no, he's tomorrow. He's oh, tomorrow, tomorrow. He right, said, right. "Yeah, yeah." Now I did think about it. I thought, "Shall I offer?" But then I thought, "Well, yeah. If I'm if I'm really watched the game, I'm best. I'm going to get as I suppose the
2: highlights on Sunday night." Don't worry about it, mate. But uh, we'll we'll grab somebody. Somebody will be free. We always get somebody. Um, so there you go. So me and JK for certain. Uh, we have selection issues uh, for Monday, but we will resolve them. Um, but uh, as far as that's concerned, it's been brilliant having you on the show. As always, Dane. What a treat having you t- t- uh, two weeks running, which is lovely. Uh, enjoy uh, your weekend.
3: Absolute pleasure. Can I just actually readdress, waste your time for it? i yeah, just going to readdress something from last week. i got a bit of stick from a friend of the show in Chicago Blue, Brian Wolfe. Not not much of a surprise because that cheeky git has always got something to say, hasn't he, Joe? It, it was all to do with my uh, choice of words when you asked me last week what part of me was American, and at the time, <laughs> at the time, my uh, my thought, my fault process was to go for a load of combined qualities, but because I started with two, which was deemed as negative, you then joked in, "Well, we've just lost half our followers, so I'm going to take a leaf out of all uh, good politicians and pass the buck and blame you." <laughs> <But> they- <laughs> Well, making me, you made me lose my train of thought. So I'd like to readdress the original uh, question and update my answer. I think I've got the perfect blend of both nations and a little bit of glorious Irish to put just to top it
2: all off. Well, you you always want to have a little bit of Irish. <laughs> no French. No, no. no, no, no. You don't want, American, want a bit of French. American, a bit of Irish. Bit of Irish, no problem. Bit of French, no. Uh, well, there we go. I'm. Uh, funny enough, I got a text from uh, Brian. He's over for the Spurs game. He's he's arrived, yeah. I think, this weekend. I um, meet
3: up with him before the Villa game.
2: Yeah, uh, I can't make the Villa game because it's fucking midweek again, although I might try. I, we'll see. But anyway, it means I have to bunk out of supervision, which is a bit of a naughty thing to do, but it could be done. But I don't he, have
3: say a... he was trying to get the atlas as well. For the well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Plan. I know. He's just confer- He's just texted me. So he city. It's all about the city game. Me and Brian we're going to meet up and get very, very hammered. So that's the plan. Anyway, Brilliant. enough of my drinking habits. Uh, always lovely to see you, Dane. As I said, and as Thank for you, you Mister Kidd, the star of stage, screen, and Chelsea fanbite, bite. Uh, did another good one under very trying circumstances last week.
1: Sorry about the lack of uh, light, no but also why? I had a, it's night time. Indeed, it was, but also I'd had an an incident in the uh, in the stand, so uh, I was um, I was slightly in a in a state.
2: What, is this it well. the Zenit game?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. You yeah. had another incident. Well, no, it was uh, it was part two of the incident. It was the same incident. Yeah. Same incident. yeah. All right. Yeah,
2: well, we'll yeah. we'll go off air in a minute, yeah. and then you can tell me all yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll explain yeah. what happened. Yeah. All yeah, right. right. Well, there you go. But it's but, great. You know, I'll
1: make sure I'll make sure the one at the weekend is. Um, has has a has a, a street light at least shining yeah. on me <laughs> if i if
2: i was you again like liverpool you d- don't do it in seven sisters Road, mate. no no indeed
1: indeed you know, absolutely get get to relative yeah. safety i think I, might, I might even do it yes uh, possibly in hammersmith yeah That's... that w-
2: that would be perfectly acceptable and i wouldn't yeah, mind would all right yeah thank it, it could yeah, be yeah. a late I'm night just, fan buy.
1: i'm bite. just trying to get a landmark in because i got the uh, the butcher's hook in but, um, but yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, I will you do. You don't
2: want to be hanging around that horrible shithole no, doing that. No, you
1: don't, you don't. absolutely. Uh,
2: yeah. So there we go. Uh, I was about to say, because they pick on women, children and shirters. I'm not quite sure which category that would put you in, but, you know. <laughs> Shirter? Well, people who wear shirts, as they, you know, oh, good, I thought civilians, you as the old firms used to That's call the old... them.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. But there you go. Oh, J.K., absolutely lovely to see you. Enjoy the game because obviously you're going. Uh, fair play to you uh-huh. for doing that. Everybody else who's going really enjoy it. Um, it's it's always a cracking visit up there. Uh, right. Uh, mixler people, you've been legends as always. Lovely to see you all in here on a Friday evening with us. And I uh, I meant to say, uh, a, a massive shout out to Eric, Eric Morabito uh, and I um, because I think he's had some good news or something. I don't know. I can't remember, but I I here we go. He think he's had a baby. Not himself, obviously, but uh In there the we fact. go. Very nice to hear Chidge and the gang's dulcet tones. We just brought my son home from the hospital. So there you go. Aww. Eric, Aww. congratulations on uh, on uh, the birth of your son. We're all cheering for you and raising a glass in your honor so well done but everybody else in mixler of course thanks for listening to uh, we will of course see you all next week on monday night to talk about the spurs game and uh, have a look at the villa game uh, until then keep it blue keep it carefree keep it chelsea, up chelsea. Up the
1: Eine Frage.
0: Wie schnell war der Aufschlag? 150 km/h. Wie lang war der Drive? 229 Meter. Wie lange hast du geschlafen? Oh, 7 Stunden 54 Minuten. Letzte Frage. Trainierst du deinen Körper und deinen Geist mit der Achtsamkeit? Ja, genau das mache ich.
1: Wir alle haben Fragen. Und die neue Apple Watch Series 7 hat die Antworten. Auf dem bisher größten und fortschrittlichsten Display. Die Zukunft der Gesundheit am Handgelenk. Lieferengpässe möglich. Erfordert ein iPhone 6S oder neuer App aus dem App Store. Abo erforderlich.